Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Messy Walk Podcast. This is episode 62. My name is Chloe. I'm here with Pastor Adam. Hey, hey. And we are currently in a little mini-series, a series within a series, Yes. Um, called Five Steps to Receiving Guidance from God. You is did that it, Chloe, right? Okay, yes. I keep getting confused with the Better name. Better known as the five dubs <laughs> yes, to receiving. It's five, words that, five words that start with W. So yeah. I'm calling them the five dubs. The first one was withdrawal. And so we're moving on to the second one today. And these are going to be more bite-sized episodes yep. that we've got going on. So We're calling them rapid fire real quick. Quick. So yeah. we're going to re- recap real quick on that first one. The key is to withdraw. Where we're getting these from is from um, Habakkuk, mm-hmm. which is a very short three-chapter book of the Old Testament, a minor prophet. I think number eight of the 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament. Super cool piece of scripture to look at, um, but that's where we're getting these sort of steps from. So it's not coming from some just random self-help mess, right? right? I'm not giving you five W's that we just created. They're coming from that. So withdrawal was the first one. And you see almost all of this in the first couple of uh, verses of chapter mm-hmm. two, right? And so what happens in chapter one is Habakkuk writes down, asks these six specific questions of God, and then in two, you start to see these W's, these Mm -hmm. steps that begin to happen. So first one was withdrawal, Mm -hmm. um, and withdrawal is basically what it means. It means get yourself alone and eliminate the noise and the distractions. And last week we talked about how hard that is to do mm-hmm. with some with some sort of um, easy steps to take to get yourself withdrawn and by yourself. Um, and so that, that was the first one. And that, that's coming from that first part of chapter two where he begins to say, I'm, I'm climb up in my watchtower. And mm-hmm. watchtower is this, this, this Hebrew phrase that obviously means always get alone, get quiet, eliminate distractions. And the watchtower, of course, was really only for one person in the first place. So that's right. sort of the image, the idea. So the first dub mm-hmm. is withdrawal. And then the second one today is wait. And mm-hmm. so we're going to wait. Um, waiting means that you've got to actually calm your thoughts and emotions. So we said last week, if all you had to do was withdraw, that'd be easy. Turn everything off. Boom. You hear from God all you want to. But the the key is, is you've got to actually calm your own self, calm your own thoughts and emotions. And that's what happens when we wait. You need to quiet yourself down. So the second thing that Habakkuk says is read it, Chloe. It sounds a little weird, but I, I think it's really cool. Which part? Which verse? Just read verse one. Uh, okay, chapter verse two, one. verse one again. Yeah. Cool. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. All right. So I will station myself is the key phrase here. That's the mm-hmm. waiting part. What does it mean to station yourself? Um, so climbing the watchtower is one thing. That's getting alone. And then what does it mean to actually station yourself? It means don't move, right? Station myself means I'm not moving. I'm staying put. I'm not running around. I'm being still, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it means to station yourself. And so when I station myself, it means I'm going to stay here for a while until something happens. So picture this person climbing up on a watchtower, the ramparts piece, right? So you've heard ramparts before because it comes from, um, you, you hear it in our uh, national, anthem. national anthem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the ramparts. We, well, I'm not going to sing it because <laughs> nobody will listen anymore. Spoken word. <laughs> yeah, spoken word. Oh, the ramparts. We watch. Was so gallantly streaming. There we go. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, The ramparts is this picture of like the top of a fort, 
So that, that space around the top of the fort where you would be stationed, right? That's the whole idea. And so station myself means that we're staying there for a long period of time until something actually happens. And so Habakkuk is saying, I'm going to station myself so I can hear God reply back to, so I can receive what he's trying to say to me from these questions that I've asked him. Mm-hmm. And so this guidance that I've been asking for God, I'm going to not only get alone and withdraw, that's dub one, but dub two, I'm going to wait. I'm going to station myself so I can hear from God. See, God speaks to the person who takes the time to listen. Mm-hmm. And so if you want God to speak to you, then you've got to actually take the time to listen. Mm-hmm. There's a couple phrases I like about that with God. We use them all the time around here, but one of them is God works through people who work. Mm-hmm. Right? So you've got to actually do something. Mm-hmm. And then God speaks to the people who take time to listen, right? So if you're going to wait and listen on the Lord, he's going to speak back to you. And so um, the the one reason many of us don't hear from God, we said last week, one of those is that we don't get alone. Mm-hmm. We don't get by ourselves. There's too much noise. The second one is, is that we're just too busy, right? And so... God, I got 30 seconds for you. Go. Yeah. Right? Yep. I've, I've set aside like two seconds to pray this prayer, and then I need you to answer as quick as you can, and go. You're on the clock, God. Um, hurrying is the death of prayer because there's no spot in there for you to wait and station yourself to hear from God. If you're going to hear God speak, not only do you need to get in a quiet spot, but you've got to mentally and emotionally calm yourself down. And I am probably the worst person to talk about this. Because calming myself down is something I never, ever do. <laughs> My wife and kids tell me all the time, anybody that knows me closely is like, you got to calm down. I'll get mad about that, too. So you know the people that, that are struggle with calming down are the people that get mad when people tell them to calm down. Mm-hmm. So nothing makes me nothing makes me matter when somebody goes, calm down. Like, you don't tell me to calm right, down. Right, right. Especially you know, when you're mad. Yeah. But... Tell me to calm Whoa, down. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you've got to actually calm yourself down. That's mentally, that's emotionally, that's also physically. Like this whole idea of waiting is I'm stationing myself. Mm-hmm. I'm there for the long haul. You picture Habakkuk going, all right, I'm up here on this thing. I brought my lunch, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be here for a while is the picture. Right. Um, let me describe the reason why most prayer is unfulfilling for people. Now, that's, a, that's an admission that nobody makes out loud. And so no Christians say this, but lots of Christians feel it. And so the part of the reason that we do this podcast, the reason it's called the Messy Walk Podcast, is we're going to talk through things that make our walk with Jesus hard, right? Mm-hmm. That, that it's not clean and perfect and yeah. tidy. Don't ever listen to Christians who tell you that the walk with Jesus is awesome and perfect and fulfilling at every moment and just they're liars. Yeah. They're straight up liars. Yeah. The enemy's using them to put up, put together some sort of picture of this walk with Jesus that you can't live up to, yep. that yours doesn't work with, because they're yeah. just telling a lie. Um, a lot of people feel like prayer is unfulfilling. Like mm. it just, and, and I'll be honest, there's lots of times in my life where I feel this is the case, Yeah. where I'm like, other people must just get, so. like I'll watch prayer warriors at church and stuff and I'll be like, Man, their lives are just so fulfilled by this conversation with God. And yeah. I'm over here going, my prayer life ain't like that. Mm. And so let me lay out for you why most people feel like their prayer life is unfulfilling. Yeah. Maybe you happen to find a quiet place. That's the withdrawal. But the moment you sit down to pray, your mind starts reminding you of everything you haven't done yet. Right. So, so yep. that, right. So, as soon as it hits, you 100%, start to get yep. all these things that I got to do, all these things that are on the list, what I haven't gotten to today, all these pieces. Um, if you're ever sitting around going, 
I don't know what I need to do today. What do I need to do today? If you're ever wondering what you need to do today, pray. Because the minute you start praying, you'll realize exactly every single little thing you've <laughs> yes, got to do today. Right? Seriously. I mean, I, I'll find myself praying and thinking about the stuff that I need to do. And then I'll start realizing. I mean, it'll just be crazy, small little things that don't make any sense. Like I'll be like, I'm going to pray and immediately go, I only brushed my teeth for like 30 seconds today. You know? Right? And you're like, wait, what I need I... to floss, right? When do I ever think about flossing? But I start Never. praying, and all of a sudden, yes. all these things that I need to do start to flood my brain. Yep. Um, the enemy makes sure that all these little things in life start to crowd to your mind instantly when you're setting aside time to, to, to hear from God. And so this idea yeah. of waiting is so important because it's not going to happen quickly. Because you've got to calm yourself down. When your mind starts moving from subject to subject to subject, how are you going to hear God? Exactly. You're not going to hear God. Yeah. So what do you do, right? I've discovered that if you try to ignore it, it does not go away, Mm-mm. right? So you're just like, no, push that back. I'll get to it later. I know i got stuff to do. Flossing, yes, of course. But you just push it away. It don't work, Mm-mm. right? It, it just it can it almost festers at that point, right, if you try to ignore it. And this makes sense, too, because right. anything in our life that we try to ignore – typically just kind of festers and it gets worse. Right. Mine right. don't just turn into like straight up like anxiety, like I have to do it <laughs> right. right now. And right. I'll be like, we'll pray later. No, just uh, like I, get I, up I and go do. Done. Yeah. Right. I got to get yeah. this done. I'll just walk away from it. Never, never in the scriptures do you ever see, like we're going to teach through a series um, here soon, a preaching series, not on a podcast about our emotions and how the emotions are really just, they're not the problem. They're the indicator of the problem. Mm-hmm. And never, ever in the Bible do you see where it tells you just to uh, push your emotions aside and ignore them. Yep. Right, because all it's going to do is fester, make the problem get worse, um, and so all these things start to come in your mind. And when that's the case, subject to subject to subject, you can't hear God. So what do you do? I've discovered if you ignore it, it won't go away. So here's a real practical solution, rapid fire style. Mm-hmm. When I start to pray, I try now, and not just praying too, but I add this also to the practice of reading my Bible. I have a notebook with me every time. And I just try to stop and write down this random list of junk that I am hearing myself need to do. Right. Because if I write it down, then I can kind of go back to praying, right? Yeah. Instead of getting caught up in when am I going to do that? Or like you said, go, well, prayer's over. Right. I got to go, go do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Be seriously. back in a minute, God, and then you never come back. Right. Um, so we stop and rewrite it down. Most people can never get past, and this is me too, the mental chaos stage of prayer. Mm-hmm. Because there's a mental chaos stage of you trying to, you've withdrawn, and then you're sitting there waiting, and then all this stuff's flooding your mind. It's just, it's like just chaos mentally. Yeah. And you can't get past that stage because you end up succumbing to, I need to go do this, or that's all you need to think about the whole time. Um, if by chance you do get past that mental stage, then the second enemy starts to come up. Instead of just these things I need to do, it ends up being these negative emotions. And so you not only are starting to think about all the things that you're not doing, you're starting to think about all the things that you're guilty of, all your sins, yeah. all your faults, all your weaknesses, like Satan starts screaming guilty, Yeah, you know, just guilty. You start to, I mean, how many times have you started to pray? You get yourself alone, you try to eliminate the distractions, right? And you begin to pray, you start to think about all these things you got to do. And then that quickly turns into, I just, I never can keep up. I can never do all this stuff I need to do. This is impossible, right? That's, yeah. I'm just so bad at praying, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm just so horrible. It's just, just guilt, guilt, guilt starts to scream at you. And, and I want you to think about this from a, from a, a like, being with another person perspective. 
Nicole, you can tell me if you've had this experience mm-hmm. without naming names. Because <laughs> we don't want to blow nobody up <laughs> in the pocket. If every time you sit down with a person to talk to them and they start criticizing you, pretty soon you start saying, I don't want to talk to that person. Yes. Like, has that ever happened yes, to you? Yes, that has definitely happened to me. <laughs> you know, every time you talk to them, all of a sudden they're telling you all the things you're doing wrong, criticizing you. You yep. end up going, I don't want to talk to this person. And yep. then what you do is you'll quit talking to that person. Yeah. If every time you sit down to pray and all of a sudden you just start feeling about how bad you are and all the wrongness in your life, then it's no wonder you're not going to want to pray. Yep. Right? It's just going to drive that out of you. You need to know that that's not the voice of God. That's the voice of the enemy and your own self-doubt, your own – that's the voice of the inner old man, old woman inside your soul, which is always putting you down, which is always driving you back to guilt, right, yeah. shame. Um, to get past this, you've got to decide, am I going to focus on what's wrong with me because there's a whole list, or am I going to focus on God's love, mm-hmm. right? Am I going to focus on what's wrong with me or am I going to let that transition into, you know, yes, I do. You know, I don't do those things well, but God loves me, right? And he knows me and he knows I'm like this and he knows I struggle and he knows I'm trying and God loves me. And and if you want to get more practical, like how do you do that? How do you calm your emotions and your thoughts? Um, How do you do that? Let me give you a biblical technique for tuning into God. And this is not self-help. Literally, if you read the Psalms, you will see this technique to tuning into God and not into your issues and your problems. Mm -hmm. Um, David basically says that he does two things to mentally and emotionally hear from God in the Psalms. And the first one is, is you relax your body. So Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. If you're a Bible person, what you should pay attention to here is... There's two key pieces to that. There's be still and there's no, right? Um, you're knowing that he's God and you're not and that he's in charge and you're not. Mm-hmm. But that be still part is is the prerequisite to actually knowing that he's God. And mm-hmm. so you would circle that be still piece. The first thing you've got to do if you're going to relax your mind is you've got to relax your body. Right? So that be still part was not just talking about mentally being still, but it was talking about physically mm-hmm. being still. Yeah. And so relaxing your body is a key part in waiting if you're going to wait and hear from God, if we're going to get into that spot where we can hear from him, you've got to actually relax your body. And so you need to let go. You need to be still. You need to get comfortable. Um, there's a couple spots in Psalms where it says David sat before the Lord and prayed. Mm-hmm. And so you get yourself into some sort of a comfortable position. Um, your body affects your attitudes. If you don't feel good physically, it affects your emotions and your moods. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times have you felt bad physically, like you're sick, and then you're in a great mood. Never. Never. Right? <laughs> if you Literally see somebody never. who's like, who's like, oh, my body's hurt, I'm just in a car accident, my body's hurting, this is part over here, I'm sick, I'm on this medicine, and they're like, hey, I'm in such a good mood today. Right. That never happens, right? Never. It affects your, so your body does influence your attitudes. And so this is the idea of posture, right? So in the waiting, you're not going to wait as long as you should without getting distracted by the thoughts and the negative things. If you're not in some sort of a physically comfortable position is the idea here. This yeah. is really tangible. Like this is really, you know, literally get comfortable. Um, your, your body influences your attitudes. They're tied together. And so as your body relaxes, so does your mind. 
So you've got to relax your body. Be still, the Bible says. Once I got my body still, then you see this other prescription from David where he says, wait in silence then. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to get physically comfortable, and then I'm going to wait in silence. Psalm 62.5, for God alone my soul waits in silence. Mm-hmm. Waiting means it takes time. right? So when we're talking through this idea of wait, you cannot rush through this. You can, you can rush into a spot of withdrawal. Right, you can find yourself a quiet place, turn the phone off. It only takes a second to turn the phone off, by the yeah. way. I don't know if you know this because you probably never turned your phone off before in your <laughs> <Literally>. life. <laughs> but it takes a whole less time to turn that thing off than it does to boot it back up. Yeah, um, true. It, it, you, you have to actually take some time here. It's difficult to calm down in a hurry. All right, It's really hard to say... I need to hurry up and calm down. <laughs> I think that's why Said I get so no irritated when somebody's yeah. in the fight. You're like, you need to calm down. Well, I can't just hurry up and calm down. That takes right. a while. Right. So forcing yourself to calm down quickly, it really does not work. Trying to force yourself to calm down is about as effective as trying to force yourself to go to sleep. Hmm. You notice that? You cannot. It does not work. No. You, you cannot force yourself to go. If you can force yourself <laughs> to go to sleep, you have a sleeping disorder. Yeah. I mean, you know, literally. Yeah, that's true. Um, you can't like close your eyes any harder and like make no. yourself relax. Right. You know? I had I had sleep apnea for years. It was untreated, and I could literally force myself to go to sleep anytime, anywhere, any place. It's because I was sleep deprived. It was it's a oh. it's a physical sleeping disorder. But now that it's treated, now that I wear this CPAP machine mask all on my face, right, and I get real sleep, now I can't do it. Like, I can't go in my office right now and go, I need to take a nap, and then make myself go to sleep. It takes time to actually go to sleep. Um, You can't force yourself to go to sleep. You have to wait until you just kind of go to sleep. Sometimes it takes a while for your body and your mind to slow down, right? It it just takes time. I don't know another way to say it. And God speaks to people who take time to listen, not just people who want to listen but people who take time to listen. That's important. If you're taking notes right now and you're thinking of this about yourself, you should write that down. God's not just speaking to people who want to listen, right? It's it's just a desire to listen. No, somebody who's going to actually take time to listen. You put yeah. it into practice to listen. And so if you're in a hurry, you're not going to hear God speak. Um, you've got to withdraw. You've got to wait in silence, which calms your thoughts and your emotions. Um and there's some ways to do this that kind of help speed up the process, right? Some ways that we can do this that help ourselves calm down. Like, you know, our bodies are rhythms. Everything's a rhythm, right? We live in seasons, right? We we have rhythms to our day, mm-hmm. right? There are natural rhythms in how we and how God has created us to be. Um, our bodies, our heart beats to a rhythm, right? right? And so rhythms tend to do this to us. And so um, a lot of times it's music. And this is biblical, Um in First Kings, Elijah, the prophet Elijah, when he's about to be trying to be tuned into God, he asked them to bring the harp in. Let's play the harp, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's this idea of um, having music. And so I found that one of the best ways to actually calm down is to utilize music. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be something calm and soothing. It could also just be something that is expressing love and worship to God. So like worship yeah. music is something that can calm the soul real fast. Yeah. Um, and I just start to listen to it, and it shifts my body, right? It starts to shift my body. It starts to calm me down, my mind, my emotions, into this lower gear so I can hear from God, right? Yeah. When I am writing sermons, I am listening to – shout out to Corey Asbury because he's who I was – he's on my repeat here for like Love years now. Love that guy. Um, probably my favorite worship leader to this point ever. 
um, and Chloe and and our daughter Olivia saw him recently, mm-hmm. and you know, saw him live. yeah, it was so really cool. cool. Um, what I do is, and it was funny is, is this is not like his professionally recorded stuff. There is this session of him when he's really young at the International House of Prayer playing this repeat like five hour set where they're just they're in this room mm-hmm. and there's worship going on here constantly and there's prayer going on constantly and I'll throw that bad boy on repeat and it will be on for hours while I'm writing sermons just yeah. the same stuff all the time over That's and cool. over and over again because what it does is, is it helps me calm down and get in this lower gear so I can hear from God mm. music does those things for us so yeah. once your body is still and once your mind is quiet then you can become more sensitive to hearing God speak. If not, you're just going to, like, if you're not withdrawn, you're just going to hear the noise from the world. But then when you're withdrawn and you're waiting, if you don't calm your mind, all you're going to hear is the things you need to do or how bad you are, right? Yeah. It, it, negative emotions, negative thoughts, guilt speak that's coming from the enemy um, and from your own sinful inward desires of your heart or all these things that you've got to do. Inner calm. Here, here's a cool one. Uh, you'll like this. This is a this is a, like a preacher joke, or like a I don't know what the word is, but a, a way a preacher would say something. Inner calm. Inner calm opens the intercom. Oh my like gosh! That? Like that love it, love it. To God, so you can hear him. Right. It's one of those things that you'll remember because it it flows so. Inner calm nicely. opens the intercom. Right. Right, and, and it just cool. it just does. And so I want to take one quick sidetrack, and then we're going to rapid fire in this bad boy like we did before. Mm-hmm. Chloe, how much time are we at? What are we looking at? We're at 21 minutes. Oh, crap. We went longer than the last one. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> Some people listening to the podcast right now are going to be thinking to themselves, Adam, all this crap you just said sounds new age. It sounds hippie. It sounds like transcendental meditation. Um <laughs> What I want you to know is, first off, what we just talked about come from the scripture. Right. Um, secondly, it's the exact opposite of transcendental meditation. See, transcendental meditation or human humanistic meditation says you want to make your mind go blank. It's to get to this state of not hearing anything. Like, make your mind not think of anything. That's the goal of transcendental meditation. The goal of prayer is never to make your mind go blank. The goal of prayer is always to hear, hmm. right? So it's not to go blank ever. It's to tune in, tune out everything else, and to tune specifically in to the voice of God so you can talk to him and he can talk to you. You withdraw, W1, and then you wait, mm-hmm. W2. And that waiting is specifically to drown out everything else so you can listen. Think about Habakkuk in that verse on the ramparts on the top of the of the fort going, I'm going to be here a while, right? I'm intentionally going to be here a while in the silence, in the withdrawal, so that I can specifically hear God, not so I can sit up there and my mind can go blank. Right? Yeah. That's not the, that's that's not not the, the idea. That's not the thought, right? Yeah. So meditation is, by the way, meditation is a God thing. It's, it, it's, a, it's absorbed and taken by Things that aren't God. And and you know this, like the enemy takes everything that has some truth in it that's based on God and figures out some way to remove God from Twist it. Twist it just Absolutely. a little bit so that God is out of the picture. Absolutely. Meditation comes from that. Mm-hmm. But the idea is not to have a blank mind. It's to have a mind filled with God mm-hmm. and His what he's saying to us, what he's speaking to us. So we, we withdraw and we wait 
and that is rapid fire into episode two of five of 62. That, yes. I don't know what I meant. That's still that. shorter than our typical ones. Yeah, so way we're short. still doing good. Um, real quick, kind of on the same idea as the whole weight idea. I was at a concert on Friday night. Well, when You've been going to out. a bunch lately. Yeah, I've been going to a bunch of concerts. Been loading up one on some concerts. Cause, yeah, <laughs> one of the nights that I was at a concert. Um, it was a worship night with Jonathan and Melissa Helser. If you don't know who they are, they're amazing Shout worship leaders. Shout out to... Uh, so good. Where was it at? Lamb's Chapel? No, it was at... So the, Corey Asbury was at Lamb's Chapel. Yeah. This one was at awake church in Winston-Salem mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. shout out to them yep. I really enjoyed being there but um, at the worship night this girl got up there she was kind of like emceeing the night and tell everyone where the bathrooms are and everything like that but instead of just getting up there and like giving facts after she gave like the info that we needed she decided that we should all slow down together so she got everyone to close their eyes and like just like practice taking some deep breaths together and then as we got into a rhythm of like having our eyes closed and taking the deep breaths she read scripture to us I think it was Psalm 86 or something like that just a few verses from it and it was so good it was like after we finished and like it was time for the concert to start I felt so much more like present because Mm -hmm. I like when you get there you know there's just a lot going on and there was like this huge shop that they had going on and there's just so much happening so many people I saw a bunch of people that I knew and and I was just yeah it was like overwhelming yeah and I had like two teenagers with me so I'm like trying to make sure no one gets kidnapped (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah it was just really cool and the other day when I went to read my Bible, I think it was Saturday. So after the concert on um, Saturday morning, I went to read and I practiced some like deep breaths before I did it. And I feel just so much more Mm -hmm. like mentally there. And so I don't know. I think that that's even a cool idea. Like the Bible app, it will read to you. You can go to any chapter and hit play and it'll read to you. You could like sit with your eyes closed or you can listen. This isn't exactly practicing like slowing down, but you can even listen like while you're washing the dishes or something like that. And just kind of like, Mm -hmm center yourself and be focused on that and not feel like it doesn't have to be you reading it. It can also be read to you and that can help you slow down. So yeah, it was really cool. But it's, it works is what we're saying. Yeah. Because I mean the whole point, I don't know these people and I don't know why they did it. They could have did the worship concert to make money. I highly doubt it because it doesn't make any money. It was so cheap. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't make any money. So so what's the purpose of them doing it? The purpose is, is for them to create an environment for the people that are attending to worship God. But yeah, but the whole point of you gathering would be to hear him, yeah. right? To to be with him, to hear yeah. him. And so, if you're not mentally present to worship, then like, what's, what's the point, what's the point of, of you know? Right? Yeah. All you're then so that's the difference. That's the distinguishing mark between worship and a concert, mm-hmm. right? Is that you weren't there to consume what was there from people, yeah? But to open up your heart, your mind, your soul to God, yeah. That is crucial, and you're never going to be able to wait, like we're talking about, to hear from him. If you cannot silence um, the inner mess that's going on to, to, to calm yourself down, right? Yeah. Yep. That's a really cool yeah. example. It was so good. So practice slowing down, taking some deep breaths. It's awesome. It feels good. It does. <laughs> even for even for very spastic, anxiety-riddled people like me, Yeah. if you make yourself do it, it works. Yes, it really yep. does. Something about taking those deep breaths. Cool. Really helps. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Another shorter episode. We'll be back with the third dub Dub. next week. (laughs) We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.